I want to tell a quick story. Melanie, is this okay if I talk about prayer on Monday, Monday night? Sorry if I make you cry. All right. So on uh, a few years now, Melanie's mom, uh, who's our admin at the church, does an incredible job, is just amazing, and serves and gives and gives and gives so much of who she is. And, and uh, I never got to meet Melanie's mom, but I heard she was very similar, just loved people, served in her church, just gave and gave and gave and loved on people all the time, just amazing. Name's Bobby. It's not even her real name, but people just started calling her Bobby, right? And so it just kind of stuck. And so uh, she's just one of those kind of people, right? And um, been struggling with dementia, Alzheimer's, for years. And Melanie was at the place where she was just praying like, Lord, I know that my mom knows you. I, she served you her whole life. Lord, would you, would you take her home? It's her time. She's in pain and she's not remembering anything and it's been a long time of her dealing with this. Father, would you just, would you take her home that she can be with you in heaven? And you know, we pray differently for different things, right? For different people. And, and so I, we were in our staff call on Monday night and Melanie had been talking, we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, knowing that her time was close. And I just felt we needed to pray for Melanie and pray for her mom. And I started to pray that specific prayer as we started, I said, Lord, we pray different things for different people because different people need different things. Right. And I know that you treat us differently, which so many people don't realize that, but and we've talked about that before, but God actually treats each of us on an individual basis. One thing might be a sin for you that actually isn't a sin for somebody else, which is very interesting, right? <laughs> if you have a certain conviction about something, you do that thing, well then, now you're in disobedience to God. Somebody else might not have a conviction about it and maybe it's not a sin for them. But listen, we pray for different things. We might pray for healing for a child that's sick. Lord, would you heal this child? Would you help them to get whole? And, and we had a few different people that we were praying for different things. And there was a man that I know, he's in his 30s, 40s, and he's in the hospital with COVID, double pneumonia and so I prayed for him and I said, Lord, we just give him healing right now. Just heal his lungs, heal his body in the name of Jesus. We're just declaring this. And then there's another person I know that's in, you know, going through treatments right now. And I'm like, Lord, would you bless the doctors? You know, like, would you give them wisdom to help heal this body? And, and then we got to Melanie's mom and I just started to pray, Lord, would you heal her by taking her home? Yeah. This is our prayer. And I know it sounds weird, but Lord, like, we need you to take her home and we don't want her to be in pain anymore. She's struggling. We don't want her to have to live like this anymore. God, we know that she loves you, that she served your whole life. Lord, would you take her home and reunite her with her husband in heaven and family and friends that have gone before? And we just were really praying into that and praying those different kinds of prayers for different people. But I really felt there was something powerful in that moment as we were praying. And then we got off of the staff call about two minutes after we closed out with that prayer. And then about 10 minutes later, Melanie texted me. She said, my mom just went home with the Lord. Now, you might see coincidence, but I see the providence of God. I see that prayer changes things. And my mom had went to visit her earlier that day. My mom doesn't even know Bobby, right? My mom doesn't even know your mom, but my mom just felt like, hey, I need to go visit her today. Or it was on Sunday, excuse me. But then you even went on Monday too, right? She went to go visit her on Monday. And she said, 
Trev, I think you, I think you need to pray with her. I think you need to go visit uh, Melanie's mom. I think her time's close. And, and uh, I had this thing in my spirit. I was like, I know I need to pray with her or for her. I, I don't know how I need to do that. I was kind of busy that day, but I was like, Lord, I'm just gonna pray for her on the staff call with everybody. And, and then sure enough, as we were praying, she ends up going home to be with the Lord. And I see God in that. Yeah. Maybe you don't but I do. <laughs> and I see God in that in so many different areas of our lives when God just shows up in powerful, amazing ways through prayer. And that's just one way that I've seen throughout my life. And I encourage you, listen, if you have something, take it to the Lord. Don't hold it inside. It says that the Lord knows our thoughts and our heart's desires. And so you might think, well, why do I really need to pray in the first place? The Bible says, pray about everything. Bring all kinds of requests. Bring all of your prayers to the Lord, right? So that he can know what's going on, right? And it's more, not, it's more for you, right? It's more for you to actually have some faith and say, you know what? I know you might know what I'm already gonna say, but Lord, I'm just gonna say it anyway. God, will you help me with this? Will you change the situation? Will you heal this person? Take those things to the Lord. And so uh, that was just a powerful moment we had on money. I wanted to share that with you guys. Keep praying, keep, keep praying. Keep that habit going. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about a few different things today, but uh, let's just pray one more time and ask God to bless this message that we have today. We'll do some announcements at the end. I was gonna do that, but let's push that to the end because I'm ready to get into this thing. So uh, will you pray with me? Father, we thank you for, uh, for your presence. We thank you for prayer, that we can connect with you. We can connect with the one that has the answers to all of our problems. And God, I thank you that your presence is comforting us right here, right now, that we're uh, learning more about you as we sit in your presence. Father, I pray that you would bless this word today, that as we get into this, that, that we would understand the importance of gathering together, the importance of community, the importance of uh, living together and doing life together, struggling together, winning together. All of this, Lord, I pray that you would bless our time together. And all God's people said one more time. Amen, amen. Okay, can we thank our worship team too and Sadie here? You always got my back, Sadie. I appreciate it, I appreciate it. Keys players are very uh, underappreciated because they gotta stay up there sometimes a long time, okay? I could have just kept going and Sadie would have kept going right there with me. So uh, let me tell you, I'm pumped. Uh, like I said, two weeks ago, we started a series called Habits. Developing healthy habits in your life. And these are biblical habits we're talking about. It might seem basic to some of you, but let me tell you, it is important to go back to healthy disciplines. Discipline doesn't sound like a great word. We've talked about it the last couple of weeks, but discipline is the thing that will take you from good to great, right? Discipline is something that all the CEOs in the world, let me tell you, they wake up, waking up at 5 a.m., right? They have their routines, they get their coffee, they do this. They're disciplined at the things that they do. And I'm telling you, some of the best Christ followers that I know are the most disciplined Christ followers that I know. It's not necessarily about being in an experience and environment just on Sunday morning, but what are you doing with the other hours of the week, right? And they devote their time to God. They wake up, they go to sleep, they're thinking of God, they're praying, they're in their word, they're learning more about the Lord. They're serving him throughout the week, not just on a Sunday morning. And so uh, let me tell you, disciplines and habits are very, very important in our lives. First week we talked about, obviously, is prayer, how important that is. We've already gone into that already, but I'm gonna tell you, last week was great. And I heard a lot of people that have been Christians for like 40 years that were coming up to me last week. We talked about Bible study, right? And you would think, 
the people that have been in church their entire lives, right, would, would know a lot of this stuff and, and would have this stuff down, right? Let me tell you, that is not the case. We are all learning. We're all on a growth journey. And there's so much to learn. We talked about different Bible translations. We talked about different ways to study the Bible, different resources, all kinds of different things that you can learn about studying the Bible, why it's important. And let me tell you, I believe that the Bible is the divinely inspired word of God, right? How many of you would agree with that? It is the word of God, it's inspired by God. And you have to start there, right? It, everything goes off of that. And once you get to that point, then it's like, okay, listen, I know that this word is helpful for me in my everyday life. I need to get into this thing more and more and more. But this week, like I already kind of alluded to in my prayer, we were talking about the habit of, Community. Somebody say community. community. Community is very important, right? And this is what we're doing right now. But there's so much more to community than just meeting on a Sunday morning. Community goes throughout the week. And so uh, I have a message today that we're going to talk about three different quotes about friendship, three different quotes about community that you might have heard at some point in your life. And then we're going to put some Bible behind it and break each one of them down. You guys good with that? Let's do it. Okay, the first one today, if you're taking notes, is show me your friends and I'll show you your future. You ever heard that one before? Show me your friends and I will show you your future. One of the most important decisions that you will ever make in your life is who you will choose to associate with because they will either lift you up, they're gonna encourage you, right? And make you a better person or what are they gonna do? They're gonna tear you down discourage you and make you worse off than you were before. In 1 Corinthians 15, 33, it says, do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Now, somebody turn to your friend right now and say, you some bad company. I got to get away from you. <laughs> don't point at your spouse. I see you over there. Don't, don't do that. It's like, mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Wait, that's a whole nother combo. That's a whole series right there. Lord, help me. <laughs> We got some fights at lunch today. Okay. But listen, uh, there is actually a lot of studies that have been done that if somebody struggles with maybe alcoholism, drugs, or anything like that, they go into rehab. One of the things that they will tell you and they will ask you about is who are your friends? Who are the people that you hang out with the most? Who are the people that you associate with? If you were to go back today, who would you hang out with? And would they lift you up? Or would they bring you right back into the things that you were already doing before? And nine times out of 10, I would say, even maybe 10 out of 10, they're usually gonna say, yeah, like my friends, they all do the same things that I do. And when I go back, it's, it's gonna be a lot harder because they're gonna kind of encourage me to get right back into the things that I had been doing. Listen, let me tell you, tell you today, you don't need a friend that's gonna encourage your bad behavior, right? You need a friend that's gonna be honest with you and it's gonna call out your junk as well as calling out the gold that is within you at the same time. That's the kind of friend that I wanna have, right? I wanna have a friend that's able to be honest with me and see the things within me that needs to be changed, but also say it in a loving way, okay? Because it's real easy to say, hey, you stink at this, right? And then that's it. But I need a friend that's gonna say, hey, you stink at this, but listen, you're better than that. I believe in you and then call out the goodness uh, that's within them. So Proverbs 27, six says this, and it's kind of explaining what I just said. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. I want a friend that's not gonna stab me in the back, that's gonna stab me right in the front, okay? Listen, I'm right here, okay, listen up. 
we got to talk. We need an intervention, okay? Hey, don't you be raising your hand at the back. I know Emily has done that to me multiple times, okay? Lord help me. Goodness gracious. All right. We've had some times. When you have friends that have been around since college, since high school and stuff like that, man, you've had some interventions, okay? You know, that's a whole nother series too, Lord Jesus. You might not see some of the things that's going on in your life. You might not know some of the struggles that you have yourself. Isn't that interesting? But nine times out of 10, the friends around you are gonna know exactly what you're struggling with and they'll be able to call you out on that stuff. You might have some bad habits, not good habits, but you might have some bad habits. Now we haven't talked about bad habits yet. We've been talking about good habits this whole series, but maybe we need to talk a little bit about some bad habits. There is a show that I love to watch. Uh, And there was an episode that I remember when I was going through the series, I already knew at some point I have to talk about this uh, because there's a group of five friends and they have this episode where all they do for about half the episode is talk about the different bad habits that each of them has. But the person themselves doesn't know that it's something that they do, but the other four all know that it's something that they do. And then they'll call out one person. And then that person's like, oh yeah, well you do this. And so the first person, uh, his problem is that he corrects people all the time. He corrects people all the time and just constantly doing that. I know some of y'all looking around like, I know that's me or that's you. Come on, you stop correcting me all the time. It's annoying, right? And then he goes and says, well, you know what? To this girl, he says, you know what? You say literally in every sentence, it's like literally I'm doing this, literally I'm doing that. No, it's figuratively is what he says. And he goes off, he's so upset. And then another guy gets in, he's like, well, it's not as bad as him. He sings everything that he does. And he goes into this whole like montage of him, like I'm writing a check, I'm sending it off, Salvation Army. And it's like, and everyone's just sitting on the couch looking at him like, bro, what are you doing right now? Listen, that was me. I'm not even gonna lie. I sing constantly. I can't even get through a service without coming up in here and singing halfway through. Y'all know what I'm talking about if you've been here for a while. I'm always like, it's your best I was a worship leader for too long, y'all, okay? Um, But I used to sing all the time. I'd be walking through high school and I never sang just like, I'm walking through the hallway. That was, I didn't do that. But I was constantly singing a worship song or, you know, a song I heard on the radio that morning. And I'd be walking down the hallway. I went to private school, y'all, okay? So we had like this, we had one hallway at my school. One, that was it. We had about 120 of us. We all got to know each other very, very well, okay? We had one hallway, and it was probably about from like here to maybe about here. I mean, it's a small little thing. And so we're walking past people, and I'm just singing my worship song. It's your breath in my lungs. Got my little backpack. I was about this short, okay? So we pour around our And everybody's like, Trev, dude, like you're singing again. I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't even realize I was singing. I do it all the time. So my wife would probably say, that might be one of my bad habits. You might have another habit when the next friend, they say, well, you know what? You are always zoning out all the time and you're never listening to anything that we're saying, especially when we're trying to tell you that you're doing something wrong. You just zone out constantly. And he says, hmm, I'm sorry, what? Okay. <laughs> and then the last one is this girl. She was uh, eating the whole time that they're having this conversation with all five of the friends. And she's just eating away. And, and, and all the different little like flashback montages, they'll show her eating and stuff. And then finally they go to the very end and they say, and you are eating so loud all the time. You're constantly chewing with your mouth open. And she's like, what? You know, going like that. My wife hates that. She says that I chew a little loud sometimes. How many of you have a spouse that's a loud chewer? Raise your hand. Oh my goodness, you're selling them out right now, okay? But those are some bad habits that you might have. 
And listen, you need a friend that's gonna be able to see the bad habits in your life. Maybe see some junk in your life that you can't even see yet. And I wonder if you asked your closest friends and your spouse, hey, what are some of my bad habits? It might be, you know, you, you chew your nails or, you know, you are annoying with this or that or the other. You might have some bad habits that they would immediately know. And here's the problem. Um, what if you asked your spouse or your best friend, what are some sins that you think that I struggle with? And I guarantee you, they will probably be able to nail it nine times out of 10. They could probably nail it. Chances are they probably know, not just your bad habits, but also maybe even some of the sins that you deal with if they know you well enough. Well, I mean, John, you're, you're kind of angry all the time, man. Like, I just, you know, there's a, we go to a restaurant and there's a waiter and they mess up and you kind of snap at them. And it's like, you know, you kind of have this anger thing. I see the way you talk to your wife sometimes, man. And it's just like, bro, you know, chill out, dude. Like maybe that's a conversation you might have with the buddy. Or maybe you might be talking and Lisa, you just, you talk about people constantly. Like you just gossip all the time, like literally all the time, literally, literally all the time. <laughs> maybe you talk with your spouse and ask her, hey, what's something that you think I struggle with? Well, to be honest, I kind of see you, you know, looking at other girls when we're out and stuff. And I, I feel like that might be something you deal with. Like, is, it, is there something there? Like, what's going on? You might have a serious conversation, right? Or maybe it's, you're so vain. You probably think the song is about you, right? You're so vain, right? Like, you think you're all that in a bag of chips. And listen, let me tell you, like, you're just like the rest of us, honey, okay? And you might have to have those conversations with people. If you ask them, I guarantee you, they might already know some of the sins that you struggle with. But that only works with really close friends, right? Yeah, I'm not gonna just go up to a first-time guest and be like, hey, what kind of sins do you think that I struggle with today? <laughs> Probably wouldn't go over so well. Would you like to share yours? <laughs> no. No, I would not. I don't even want you to acknowledge that I'm a first-time guest more than, uh, no, we're not even gonna get into that. But you can't have 100 friends like that, right? Uh, it's just impossible. You can't have that many people that are, have that much access into your life. It's just not possible. And that actually leads us into the second one today, which is a friend to all is a friend to none. You ever heard that one before? Another quote about friendship that I really like, a friend to all is a friend to none. And this one hits me really close to home, okay? Very close to home because I'm naturally somebody that wants to have a lot of friends. I've always been somebody that likes to be the center of attention, right? This, the vain song, my mom used to sing that one to me, okay? So just listen up. I, I, at the parties and at the weddings and everything, I'm the one that gets in the middle of the dance floor when nobody's dancing, and I'm like, hey, let's go, right? Like, come on, yeah, let's go, and then everybody's dancing and everything. I'm like, that's more like it, okay? That's me, I've always been the one that likes to get to know everybody, have a lot of friends. And I would have, honestly, I'd have coffee and lunch and dinner with somebody different every single day if I could. Every single day. I just would. That's who I am. Uh, and that might be perceived as friendly to some people, to a lot of people, potentially. Um, the issue with that kind of personality and, and dealing with friendships that way is that you might not ever move into deep relationships, right? Because too much of your time is spent trying to get to know too many people. And you end up with 50 surface level friendships instead of having a few close friends. In Ecclesiastes 4.12, it says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not quickly broken. 
Now notice, it stops at three. And some of y'all would stop there too. <laughs> you would say, I have me, my wife, my husband, and my best friend, and I barely like them, okay? So like, I am good with three. We shall not be broken, we are solid. <laughs> you might be the opposite of me. Like when I said, I'll have coffee, lunch, and dinner with somebody every single day, you're just like, ooh, why would you do that? That's awful. And that's just who I am. And you might not be like that. You might enjoy just having a few very close friends. And if I could add to the scripture, if you will allow for a moment, um, I would add, you know, you have one, that's not gonna be good. You have two, that's eh, all right. Three is not gonna be broken, uh, but 40, right? If you ever seen this, they just do like sticks. It's an illustration, they'll get sticks. And they'd be like, but you have the three sticks and it doesn't break, right? It's like classic illustration for pastors to use. But listen, here's the deal. 40 sticks, 50 sticks, that's just a mess, okay? That's just like a big pile of sticks. You might as well light them on fire and have a bonfire, okay? That is too many people. It's just a big old mess. You can't be friends with everyone. It's impossible. It just doesn't work. And I will tell you that because I have tried it and it does not work. And there's a problem I think that some people have with church sometimes too, if we can go in kind of the church side of things, is that maybe church might be getting too big. Oh, the church is getting too big. I remember, I remember when the church was 50 people when we first started out and I knew everybody. I knew all their business too. Come on, Lisa, we talked about it earlier. She loved it, literally loved it. It was amazing. And there's just too many people. I used to know everyone. Well, listen, you don't have to know everyone, okay? Let me help you with something real quick. You don't have to know everyone. Jesus walked with 12 guys, 12. That was it. But you might have to think, uh, Church Lisa, okay, our, our, I don't know why I'm picking up, if your name's Lisa, I'm so sorry, but I'm, Lisa's our person for the day. Uh, but Church Lisa, Gossiper Lisa, is going over and she's saying, well, that Jesus, he is just in a clique with his 12 guys, like, and no one else can get into that. Like, why can't I be a disciple? Am I not good enough? Are you not good enough to be a disciple? Why is it only 12? Are we not opening to have more friends in this friend group? Like, that might be something that somebody might've said, but that sounds ridiculous, right? Jesus chose his 12 people, and it sounds ridiculous, but he had his 12 for a reason. And let me tell you what that reason was. There was a study from the Journal of Personality and Social Psychology, and it shows that having too many friends will actually work against you. In a series of experiments, the authors show that people consistently prefer to befriend people who have fewer friends than they do. Isn't that interesting? Not more. Nonetheless, people consistently predict incorrectly that if you have more friends, people will be more likely to want to befriend you. And the authors call this phenomenon the friend number paradox. The friend number paradox. And we think by maxing out our friends list on Facebook at 5,000, right? It makes you look cooler, right? Like, oh, I maxed it out. Now I gotta start a page or like a, you know, some kind of separate thing so I can have more friends, right? You see how many followers I have on Insta? I hit 5,000 the other day. People are gonna try to be my friend because I am cool. I got like 500 likes on that last post. Did you see that? This is something that we feed ourselves, that culture feeds us. You have more friends, more likes, more comments, that you're more likable. But that is not true from what this study finds. We think it makes us look cooler, but the truth is when you try to maintain too many friendships, when you try to reach out to too many people and have those relationships, you lose the ability to reciprocate the same level of friendship that an actual friendship really requires. And relationship quality, this is what they found, relationship quality is more important than the amount of friends that you have. And I think we would all agree on that, correct? 
You only have so much time. You only have so much time. Here's the deal. There's all kinds of different currencies that we have in this world, but time is the only currency that we all have the same amount of. You can't get any more of it. There's no more time for you than there is for me, right? It's just not gonna happen. And you only have so much time in a week to spend with others. And by spreading out your time with too many people, you become less of a good friend to more people when you should be trying to be a better friend to less people. And when people realize whether consciously or subconsciously that you're not able to give, you're not able to put in the same amount of investment into them and energy that they are, they will naturally pull away and find somebody else that is willing to put in that amount of energy and time and invest in who they are as a person. You know what I'm talking about, right? Like how many of you maybe had a friend and you were starting to get to know them, they started inviting you to things and maybe you said no a couple times and then the invites come a little bit less and if you don't, ever go, they're just eventually gonna stop inviting you, right? Because you're obviously not willing to put in the time and the effort into that relationship. Maybe it's on purpose. Maybe you just didn't wanna have a relationship with that person. That's totally cool. But if you want to have a relationship with that person, you just keep denying them and denying them and denying them because, oh, I got this and I got this and I got this. Eventually, they're just gonna move on to somebody else that's going to be willing to have a friendship and a relationship with them. And I actually have a graphic, I believe here. It's called the circle of friendship. How cute. The circle of friendship. Sounds like a little kumbaya kind of thing. We should have put all the chairs in a circle today. Lord help us. Uh, This is from uh, Robin Dunbar's book, Friends, Understanding the Power of Our Most Important Relationships. And there's actually a number. It's called Dunbar's Number, uh, named after the author. And he says, you can maintain about 150 friendships. That's it. No more. You cannot have any more than that. You might think that you have more than that, but you don't, okay? Um, the, the 1.5 in the middle, you might see that. I hope it's big enough for you guys on the screen there. Um, if we had a church building, you know what I'm saying? We got some bigger screens, so there you go. Um, 1.5 is because I feel like it's just me and my spouse, right? You have your spouse is one, and then like your best friend is the 0.5 because it can't be the same level as the spouse. It's gotta be just like the 0.5. So you can have one, maybe two really, really close intimate, romantic relationships, close, close friend. And then you have uh, the five. These are your shoulders to cry on friends. These are the people that will drop absolutely everything that they have in their lives to support you when you're going through a hard time or when you're going through an amazing time. Those are those people. But then you have 15. And these are your main social companions. These are the people that you're gonna hang out with on a regular basis. These are the people that add joy to your life, that you have fun with, that you hang out with a lot. And also as a good way to put this, and this might be a little bit more relatable, you say, okay, now I get it. These are the people that you would trust to watch your kids while you guys go out on a date, okay? You would exchange childcare with these people. Those are your main social companions, the 15. Then you have 50, all right? And 50 is, that's kind of your big, uh, big weekend barbecue people, all right? Those are the, you invite all the people over to the house. You have a great time. You might see them once every couple of months. They come over to the house and say, hey, how's it going? Uh, you talk about, hey, how's the kids? How's that thing? I remember you told me last time we saw you're doing this, this new job, how's that going? You're not super close to them, but it's close enough to where you feel comfortable inviting them over to your house. And then you have the 150, and that is your weddings and funerals kind of people, right? The once in a lifetime event, the people that you see maybe once a year, maybe twice a year, 
And those are the people that you invite, maybe you've known them for you know, 30, 40 years, you've known them since you were a kid and you invite them really just because it's like, I've always known you. Or maybe it's just somebody that's not super close to you but has a connection or something, not super close to those people. But that's all you can have, that's it, that's it. And time that we have for social interaction is not infinite, we know that. So you have to decide how to invest that time. And the strength of your relationships is directly correlated to how much time and effort you give them. And let me bring this back to scripture now. The first century church understood that. The first century church, right when Jesus had left and gone back to heaven, he had died and been resurrected and gone back to heaven now, given them the great commission. And now the Holy Spirit has descended on Pentecost and now they're like, what do we do? Thousands of people had just gotten saved by Peter's message. And now they're trying to figure out what do we do? And they recognized that relationships with each other were vital. So they gave all of their time and effort into those relationships. You might know this passage, it's in Acts 2. This is what we talk about a lot when we talk about community and friendships. But let me read it to you. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. These are thousands of people I'm talking about right now. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. Listen, they knew that they needed to stick together. They knew that they needed to pray together, to help each other out, to study the word together, to discuss biblical teaching together, and then honestly, just to eat together, just to hang out and do life together. And they learned this last phrase that we have today, this last quote. They learned this, that we are better together. We're better together. Come on, somebody say, better together. There are many situations in life that I hope that none of you ever have to go through alone. Nobody should ever have to go through these things alone. If you have a new baby, I pray that you never have to do that by yourself. Sometimes you might have to, but man, I would just pray that you never have to do that alone. That you'd have a support system around you to bring you food and meals and and all these different things, the support that a new mother needs. You might have had a huge success in your life. Man, I got this new job, that's great. I have no one to celebrate with. I would hate that for you. I would hope that you have some people that you can go to and celebrate with and have that big weekend barbecue or have that party with the, the, the five or the 15, right? You, maybe some bad things in your life. Maybe you're sitting in a hospital waiting room for somebody that's sick. Maybe they're sitting out and waiting for you because you're in a surgery. Maybe you're waiting for test results for cancer or something like that. Or maybe you've lost somebody that's close to you. And I would pray that none of you would have to stand at a grave alone. The first night alone after a loved one dies, you shouldn't have to go through that alone. You should have people with you that love you and care about you, they'll be with you. When your husband or your wife walks out on you, I hope that there's somebody you can call. When you lost a job, when it seems like everything is falling apart in your life, who can you call? My mom right now, I didn't ask if I could do this. Man, I'm just telling stories today, is that fine? Okay, good Lord. My mom currently uh, is going through radiation uh, for cancer. And I don't know, some of you knew that already. Most of the rad team that serves every week knows that. But 
Luckily, it was caught early, which was great. And they were able to, through surgery, take pretty much all of it out. And she didn't have to do chemo, praise God. She's doing about four to six weeks of radiation. And I never knew this, but I thought it was a couple times a week, maybe three or four times a week, but it is every day. It's actually literally every day during the week. And that's a lot of appointments. How many of you know that's a lot of appointments? They're not long appointments, but it's just every single day. And that can, that can wear on you. It's difficult. And plus the treatment itself fatigues you and all this stuff. Those of you maybe have been through that, you absolutely know our family member that's been through it. And it's every day, which means that maybe she could drive by herself. I mean, technically she probably could, right? But we're not gonna let her do that. Why would, you, why would you make somebody drive to their own radiation appointment and have to drive home? Listen, I'm not gonna do that. So if there's ever an opportunity, my dad, my brother, me, a friend, I don't care who it is, we're gonna make sure that she never has to drive alone to one of those radiation appointments for the next four to five weeks that she's having to go through that because nobody should have to do that alone. I wanna make sure that I'm there as much as I can to support her and to love her because she is in my inner circle, right? Who do you have in your life, whether it's family or friends, that are in that inner circle. And listen, everybody needs to be known by somebody, have that inner circle, but listen, it's not what you might think it is. It's not just somebody who knows your kids' names, but it's somebody that actually knows what kind of ice cream flavors your kids like. You know what I'm talking about? It's not someone who just comes to the barbecue, but it's the person that will stay afterwards and hang out with you and help you to clean up. Someone who doesn't just leave an I'm praying for you comment on Facebook, but that will actually show up at your doorstep with food and pray with you right there on the spot. Those are the kinds of friendships that you need in your life. And these are the kind of relationships that built the church from the ground up. And here's the key. And listen in, if you're not listening at all, I pray that you listen right now. They don't happen by accident. These relationships don't just, you don't just slip into an amazing relationship very quickly. It just doesn't happen. You have to put in effort. It's not a one-way street where they're putting in all the effort, right? Because we talked about that. That doesn't work. If they're putting in all the effort, they will leave and find somebody else that will reciprocate and put in the effort. It is a two-way street. You might think to yourself, well, nobody ever calls me. Well, do you call them, right? How many times do we think that in our own hearts to say, well, I feel like I'm not friends with them anymore. Like they never call me. Well, you haven't called them in two years either. So maybe you take the first step, right? And initiate and rekindling that relationship with that friend or with that loved one, whoever it is in your life. I'm telling you, it's so important. They don't happen by accident. In the first century church was intentional about relationship. And so I want you to imagine with me, what could change in your life if you were intentional with cultivating Christ-centered relationships? What could change? Do you believe that your marriage could get better if you have Christ-honoring couples around you that love Jesus and love you? You think your marriage would get better? Absolutely. You think you'd have more joy in your life when you get to do stuff like this together, but not only that, but then you get to go out to eat afterwards? Come on, yes. Do you think that you'd have more support in your life, right? Last night, I love, we got to throw a surprise birthday party for Mr. Emery Smith right here. He just turned 70. Come on now. I love it. And it was so much fun. His daughter, Amanda's here today, and, and she did a great job planning all that. And he had friends flying in from all over the place. The best friend that flew in from Washington, I believe, son that came in from San Diego, uh, other family like from Boston. I mean, people from all over the U.S. literally coming to, literally, oh my goodness, come here. <laughs> there it is. There it is. It was literally though. So, okay. It's good. We're good. But coming to celebrate this man, 
who has an amazing legacy, an amazing family, and it was just so much fun. And, and what a great support, right, that we have. Uh, and you've built in such a short time even really living here. It's amazing. But you think your relationship with God would get better if you hung out with people that love Jesus? Come on, yes. Amen. More importantly, do you think that you'd have freedom from the sins that you struggle with in your everyday life? If you got in a group of people that love Jesus and that could sharpen you, that would stab you in the front and let you know, hey, listen, I see this in you and I know that you're struggling with this. We've talked about this before and let me help you. How can I be a support to you? How can I listen better? How can I walk through this thing with you? And let's work together to get through this thing. I really believe that life change happens in the context of groups of people sitting around a kitchen table, eating food together, talking about what they're going through in their lives. Having those late night texts with somebody saying, hey, I'm going through an issue right now, can you come over, right? And having a friend that will just drop everything to come support you in that moment. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 through 10 says, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up, but pity anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. You need people in your life. Now, here's the application to all of this. All of this has been a ploy to get you to get into a rad group, all right? <laughs> if you haven't figured that out already, you know, see, now you're gonna feel convicted if you don't because you're like, man, he's right. I agreed with everything he said. Now I have to because, man, that just is what makes sense now, right? Exactly. So what I wanna do is I wanna invite Jeff and Michelle to come on up. They are our rad group directors. Would you give them a hand? And honestly, in about, in about five minutes, uh, could you just talk about groups and how much they mean to you guys and uh, why you think it's important for everybody to get in some kind of a group? Whether it's, not a rad, whether it's a rad group or not, listen, a group, okay? I would love for you to get into a rad group because this is our church family, our church body, and we wanna lift each other up. But it's gotta be a group. You have to have those kind of people. But let me know uh, why it's important to you guys. I first wanna applaud you for, like you would think this is a simple message, but got to the heart today. Are you not impacted today in realizing that? Because I agreed with everything you said. You know, it's like, do I sometimes just, I, you know, when you're married, you can just kinda like, this is my one and we're good. We don't need anyone else. But we need, you need people. We need people. I don't care even if it's 12. You know, you talk about the 12. Jesus walked around with 12, but great message today. Thank you. Just, yeah. Let's. I know God gives it to you, but he speaks it through you. So we are Michelle and Jeff, uh, your RAD group directors. Um, honestly, everything that, that we believe about groups comes from personal testimony. Um, it wasn't until I got around people that, that someone saw me, someone heard me, someone valued me. And that's what it's about. When you feel seen, heard, and valued, it will change your life. So that's what we're offering. That's what we're asking you to participate in. Do you feel seen? Do you feel heard? Or do you feel valued by the people in your life? Because that's what community and connection is about. Um, do you, here, I want you. What do you want me to say? These two talk. I'm not the talker, so they do a great job of it. But I, I do want to just follow up on that. It's like, are you ready to see someone else, hear someone else, and actually value somebody else in your life? And she, she was right when we, we grew up and um, started small groups back in our 20s. 
and we built some of the best connections with small groups. We've done, been through three or four different churches and three or four different life groups and small groups. And um, when you get that connection of 10 people, of 15 people, and you get to know each and every one of them, and they share their life with you and you share your life with them, you build these connections that last forever. Yeah. And um, it just feel, it builds love in your life, really. Yeah. I mean, those end up being the people that know your kids' favorite ice cream flavor. You know, they are the ones that want to sit with you when you're in a radiation appointment. You should never feel alone. So um, we, okay, so here's some details. Uh, we're not going to leave you empty-handed. Um, so life groups, our rad groups are going to start February 6th. Um, okay, I'm, I, look, I brought my cute little purse up here too, just to, so I could throw out my phone. If you do not have the Church Center app yet on your phone, please download it. That is where you can sign up. Now, you can do it on a computer, but it's all about like signing up on there. I'm going to tell you about a few things. Um, February 12th, we have a women's kind of painting with a twist. We have an event, a party. How you go and you sign up for that is you go to that church center, Rad Radical Church Center app, and then there's down at the bottom, there's a more, more, more. There's a dot, 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 more at the very bottom corner. You hit on that, and then you'll see the painting party. Also on there is rad group leaders. So if you want to, like it's not too late, if you want to lead a group, you fill out that application there and it comes directly to us. So the rollout of the directory. So if you go on there right now to sign up for, like if you hit the group button, there's really not that many groups there yet because we're not releasing those yet. We will always have the young adults uh, group by Courage and Emily Criddle. Their group will be on there. Um, the women's monthly or bi-monthly and the men's bi-monthly will always be on there. So you can sign up for that and just check for upcoming dates on there. Um, but the new groups are going to roll out January 30th. So January 30th, they're going to announce it next Sunday. You can go on and sign up. And I just want to share just a few details well, yes, I need to tell you that too. If you go on there right now, Financial Peace University. I know Trevor's been talking about it. He talked about it in the fall. Um, we need you to sign up for that now. It actually closes February 2nd because, yes, they're going to reimburse you for that too. So it is a win-win. Sign up for it. Pay the, the small fee to get your materials, but then... Okay, both of y'all are coming at me with details. Okay, which, no? <laughs> okay, hold on. Let me get my thoughts. So Financial Peace University, you have to buy into it. You get your uh, materials, and then if you finish the classes, we will reimburse you. So it is a win-win. But we need you to sign up now because it's going to close February 2nd, um, and I believe it starts February 7th, but it gives you enough time to get your materials. So that's why that one is a little bit different, so you can sign up for it now. But upcoming groups for this spring, we have some phenomenal ones. Like you would think it's all going to be Bible studies, but it's not. We do have a Romans Bible study led by Larry Ashley that's going to be phenomenal, and it is co-ed. Um, but we actually have a Rad Fit group, which is going to be like HIIT workouts, cardio, even self-defense and that is led by Alec and Quentin. That's going to be a phenomenal group. We also have a hiking group. 
Like, so, and I think that's going to include maybe possibly dogs as well. So, you know, so you can hike. So that's going to be Paige um, and Emily Martinez. So they're going to be heading that up. But I mean, if you like to go hike, come on, join us. So lots of option coming up. So be looking forward to that. January 30th, it's going to roll out. Groups will start February 6th through May 7th. Will y'all give it up for them? They are awesome. Thank you, guys. Listen, if you got anything out of today, um, I just want you to know that people are important. People matter, uh, not just to God, but they should matter to you as well. And listen, um, they're important because iron sharpens iron, right? Iron sharpens iron. And if you wanna be a dull blade for the rest of your life, then try to do life alone, okay? If that's what you wanna do, that's fine. But don't do that. Listen, let me tell you, I wanna give you a few ways for you to get involved today, right here, right now at Radical Church. On February 6th, if you are new to the church, we're doing something we've never done before. If you're new to the church, it's your first time, you're like, I don't really know many people, I wanna make some connections, but I don't know nobody right now. February 6th, we're having a welcome party, which is for anybody that is new to the church and maybe you feel like, I just don't really know anybody yet, I haven't gotten plugged in, I haven't got connected. We're gonna tear down the kids stuff over there on February 6th, a couple weeks from now, and then we're gonna have lunch in there for you and your kids. Anybody that wants to come is invited to that. So just put that on your radar, February 6th. Uh, get in a group, the directory opens next Sunday. And if you've been in a group, if you've been coming to Radical Church for a while and you're like, I am ready to get involved, make sure you sign up for Growth Track. That's the way you become a member and you get planted in our church, right? It, it, I tell people all the time, they bounce from church to church to church and they wonder why they have no friends, right? I mean, it's, it seems so practical, right? It seems so obvious, and yet people will do it all the time. Listen, find somewhere. I don't even care if it's here. I would like for you to stay here, but if you don't and you feel like you need to go somewhere else where you can have people that you can be friends with, go, like go there and plant somewhere. Get some roots deep somewhere to where you can have deep, meaningful relationships with those people, right? Uh, and so Growth Track is gonna be uh, on February 6th, I believe as well. We'll get that somewhere. I don't know where it is. February 20th. Thank you for the slide. Thank God. Um, and then the last thing I want to do, this is our weekly challenge, right? We have a weekly challenge every single week for the Habit Series. And next week, we have a guest speaker who's going to introduce the last challenge for you guys. Week one was about prayer, to pray every day. This last week was to read your Bible every day and to use a different translation, try to dig into the Bible a little bit more. And this week, your challenge is, it's very simple. Invite somebody to lunch or dinner one time this week. I don't care who it is. It's gotta be somebody, right? It could be a family, could be a single person. I don't care who it is. Invite somebody to lunch or to dinner one time this week. And the, way, the reason I say that, the other ones have been every single day kind of a challenge. I, listen, I ain't gonna make y'all try to invite somebody over every single day of the week. Because like I said, we only have limited amount of time. I understand we're all busy, we got stuff to do. But everybody can have at least one dinner or one lunch this week with somebody. And listen, I'll make it easy for you. Why don't you just do it right now, okay? Just invite them. Hey, you over there. I barely even know you, but I've seen you. We talked a couple times. You're in, my, you're in my 150 right now. You're in my 50. Let me bring you into my 15 right now. You know what I'm saying? Let me bring you into that 15 category. Let's go out to lunch. Let's go hang out. And who knows, maybe that relationship will foster itself and God will be in that relationship. And they might even get into your five. Who knows, you might even get a 1.5 out of that person. You know what I'm saying? Come on now, God bless it. So hey, that is your challenge for this week. Go hang out with somebody. Go hang out with a God-honoring person. And uh, you guys, I just am so excited for the relationships that have happened over the last year and a half of Radical Church. 
I love seeing people hanging out with each other that I didn't even know were friends. They post an Instagram story. I'm like, I didn't even know you guys were friends. That's so cool. But that's the kind of stuff that I love to see because that's how I know that you're growing in your relationship with each other. But I also know you're gonna encourage each other to grow in your relationship with God. Amen? Amen. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you for relationships today. We thank you primarily for the relationship we have with you. But we know how important it is. And Jesus, you modeled this. You modeled this with your disciples. You had your 12, but you had the three, Peter, James, and John. And then you even had your one, right, that you really held on to and you really poured your life into everything that you had. And Jesus, we take that and we wanna expand upon that in our everyday lives. And we wanna have those people in our lives that we go to and that they come to us if they got something going on in their lives and we go to them. If we have something going on in our lives and we connect with them on a deep, intimate, spiritual level even. And Father, I pray that you would help us to develop friendships with people in our churches, whether they're visiting today from a different place out of state and they go back to their home church, I pray that they would even take this challenge too. Lord, I pray that all of us would find some people in our lives that we can share everything in our lives with that would make us better as iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens one another. And so God, I ask for those deep, intimate relationships and ultimately that it would help us to get closer with you. And so Lord, I thank you for everybody here today. I pray blessings and favor over them and their families. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Hey, we love you so much. God bless you. Find somebody and invite them to lunch. We'll see you later. God bless.